uh, the unseen world. We're part of it. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but we're unfamiliar with that world. Even in the Old Testament, angels would come like to Daniel, and, and they were guide angels. They'd explain things to him because it's like uh, John, the book of Revelation, he's seeing this. He's like, what am I looking at? I, I don't understand these things. And so we are unfamiliar with this spiritual world. Now, we have revelation from the Word of God, so it's like we know things. But then there's also the natural world. And now this is a world we're very familiar with. We, we were born in this, we live in this, it includes time, our, our physical existence is here. But within this natural world, there are boundaries, there are laws. Uh, you know, if there are civic laws, but even spiritual or moral laws. Uh, and it's the uh, two revelations. We understand there's two ways that God has revealed things to us. One is natural revelation, just, you know, everyone should know this, that, you know, there is a creation, so there was a creator. It's, it's, it's like natural. You just see these things, logic. You don't need a visitation from an angel or a Bible to realize there's, there's a creator. And there's a whole list of natural revelations, but there's also uh, specific revelations or a special revelation where it comes in the Word of God. And these natural laws, guidelines, are laid down for mankind to control because if you just live out of control in this natural world, uh, you know, eat whatever you want to, do whatever you want to, you'll, you'll destroy yourself. So there's general laws from nature, and then there's revelation from God's Word. We know certain things that God's law says, how to live this life. Now, these apostates that we're talking about in the book of Jude, they think they understand this spiritual world because we're going to say they're called dreamers. Uh, remember the book begins, I, Jesus says, I wanted to write to you about our, our great salvation, but I felt I had to tell you you need to contend for the faith. There's people that have come among you that are taking you away from the faith. And these are the people, they're dreamers. And we'll talk about different ways of interpreting the dream dreamers. Uh, but I'm going to settle on the idea that they're actually having their own visions, revelations. They, they've set aside the apostles and the word of God. And they're having their own dreams, and ex these dreams will help them explain the spiritual realm. But it's not. It's their own imaginations. It's their own interpretations. It's like you're creating what you think is the spiritual realm. It's nothing more than pagan mythology. And these dreamers also, their, their dreams are giving them guidance on the natural world and basically abolishing these laws. And so they are speaking of what they do not understand about the spiritual. If you're taking notes, writing this down, it's like, no, they don't. They, they're, these are dreams. This is not divine revelation, but they're treating it as divine revelation. They've set aside what was once for all entrusted to the saints, the faith, and are replacing it with their own visions and dreams. And Jude says, this, they're, they're talking about things they don't understand. And the things they do understand, the nat we all live here, we know uh, all, all these things that we experience, we know what it's like to, to be hungry, to to have you know uh, be, be of a certain sex, uh, to have you know friends, or to need to do business, to buy, to sell. There's natural that we know, but they have, they have no they, they set aside laws, and they're justifying their wicked behavior in this natural world with these same dreams. These same dreams they give them a false understanding of the spiritual world are also justifying their wicked behavior, and they are not 
in the world or in Hollywood or somewhere, and they're, they're in the church. They're, they're in the church, and the church is taking notes. So, oh, and Jude says, I, I, you've got to contend for faith because there are people walking right over it, and they're, they're sitting with you. You're going to find out they're, they're fellowshipping with them. They're, having the, they're celebrating meals with them. And it's like, you're, you're going to get in, in huge trouble. And they're going to have here, we've went through, uh, the, the, the groups we went through would be the Israelites in the wilderness. Uh, we've got the angels who sinned and left their place. And then we mentioned Sodom. Uh, these have all violated uh, either their faith in God or the, the angels left their place that got assigned to them and, and, and were drawn into something that they should have get involved. The men of Sodom, they also changed the laws. And so he says, likewise, like these, now you've got dreamers that are among you, and they're doing two, uh, three things. There's going to be three things they're doing. They're going to be polluting their own bodies. They're going to be rejecting or setting aside lordship, and they're going to be blaspheming glories. Uh, uh, and so, I think this polluting of the flesh is sinning in the natural realm. Setting aside the lordship, they're going to be setting aside the lordship of Jesus and replacing it with what they think. And the glories, they're going to be, this is again, we're going to talk about some ways of interpreting, that is angels. They are blaspheming angels in the, in the angelic realm. They, there's, there, there's nothing that they don't think they understand. And we'll talk about how this manifests, that they're blaspheming glories. They're setting aside. And that's justified. in that's, This is all verse 8. Okay, Verse 9 is going to say, go right and start talking about Michael, the archangel, who did not, would not bring an accusation against Satan, uh, but just simply said, the Lord rebuke. And he didn't get into a, a fight, you know, a verbal dialogue. It's just like, hey, I'm here to do my job. The Lord has sent me. You know the ground rules. The Lord's rebuking you. This is not me. These people are up here messing with angels with some kind of authority, some kind of word, some kind of dialogue. It's like, no, no, you don't even know what you're doing. Even Michael, when he came face to face, and Michael's the chief angel. If anyone's going to tell Satan, take a seat, I've got this. It's Michael. We, we're going to see, we're going to refer to it. He's done battle with uh, uh, angelic forces in the book of Daniel. He has battle with Satan in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. If that's something that's going to take place in the future, or that was you know, in the ancient past, that's again a, a revelation interpretation. But nonetheless, Michael has encounters with Satan, and Jude is going to introduce one that we're, we don't have in the Bible, and we're, while contending for the body of Moses. And Michael would not even do what these people are doing. If anyone's going to do it, Michael, and, and he, he wouldn't dare. It's like, oh, no, no, no. So I know rank and authority. The Lord and Satan is also an archangel that's, he still, got, he still has respect for the position, but you're out of line. I'm just here to do my job. Anyway, we'll talk about that. And so this conversation about they blasting glories goes right into this example. Even Michael knows enough not to do that. If anyone's going to blaspheme angels, it's going to be Michael. He wouldn't do it. 
So these idiots, what are they talking about? And so that's kind of where that's going to go. And then, the last verse, verse 10, it says, These men, uh, concerning the things they don't understand, they're being wiped out. And the things they do understand, the natural world, they're, uh, they're being destroyed by that. So that's, that's what we're looking at right here today. And uh, there, you can leave if you wanted the short version. If you wanted the TikTok video, there it was. Okay. I'm not even sure if that would be a TikTok video. Okay. I'm saying you're supposed to dance or something when you do the TikTok. I don't know. You want to see some kind of. Yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. All of a sudden, people start showing up for Bible class. Okay. Okay, chapter uh, Jude. Uh, Jude verse. Um, Oh, let's just begin in verse, well, let's begin in verse 3, okay? Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Once for all, there's no room for dreamers. You've got it. Stick with it. Learn it. Study it. Teach it. Grow in it. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Sovereign and Lord. So two main things right there. Uh, they're immoral. Their behavior in their natural bodies is immoral. And two, they've taken the, the grace of Jesus Christ, or they, they deny Jesus Christ, the only Sovereign Lord. So that's going to be a theme. They're going to have to deny Jesus Christ and His place to get away with this. Though, verse 5, though you already know all this, I want to remind you, and now he goes through the Old Testament. What a great reference. Although you know the Old Testament, I'm going to grab three examples from the Old Testament that prove my point. I mean, can you do that in the Western world among Christians? Can you say, I know you know the Old Testament, but I want to refer to uh, Beelzebub, I want to refer to Zerubbabel, and I want to refer to Haggai. You understand. You know the dates, you know the years, you know the stories. It's like, uh, what? It's like, and so that's, you know, that's why we have, have Bible class. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered His people out of Egypt. These are the three examples. The later destroyed them, and, and, and who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own homes, these He has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Simon and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire, which means, historically, they are still an example. You should be able to, like we said last week, go over there and excavate. Right here, they are. This comes from Tel Hamam, that's Sodom right there. They're excavating it. And the bodies were blown across the room, smashed against the wall. And like Steve pointed out, he sent me the article... Uh, the top halves of the bodies are gone. Now this is not like, you know, some weird website. This is like the excavation going on in Tel Hamam in Jordan right now. The, everything's blown against the wall on this side because of an explosion that took place. And the top halves of the bodies are just like, not like out there in the desert somewhere, they're just like vaporized, gone. I mean, that, that's like, well, is that... Well, uh, no, that's not, The Bible has its story. The Bible's got a cool story. It's like, woo. You really believe that stuff? Well, that's weird. But you want to see weird? Excavate it. Whoa! This is freaky! And that's the excavation. Also, in the book of Genesis, and this is so weird, it's like, this excavation site is weird. And that's right there, archaeology. Okay, so, these serve as an example of those who suffer punishment of eternal fire. Go look at it. 
Okay, now, here we go. In the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against them, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet these men, this is what I started talking about, these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand, the spiritual realm. They're, they're, they're talking about the spiritual realm like they know what's going on, but they're totally wrong. They, they speak abusively against what they do not understand, and what things they do understand, the things of the natural world that we live in, our natural bodies, the physical world, the physical reality, we do understand. They, they, uh, what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. So instead of embracing the natural world with guidelines, if they be natural morals, or a revelation from God on how to engage the physical realm, they go about their life in the physical realm like unreasoning animals. It's like, do you understand? We all understand the natural realm, but we approach it with some guidelines. They understand the natural realm, but it's like, throw off the guidelines, let's just be animals, and it destroys themselves. So concerning the things they don't understand, they're talking to you and teaching about the spiritual realm that they don't have any understanding. And the natural realm that they do understand They've thrown off the guidelines and teach you to embrace it like animals. So that's the topic right here. Okay, so that's the uh, overview. That's the, the text out of the NIV. We now take a look at the notes. Chapter, well, verse 8, Jude 8. And this is the English Standard Version, yet in like manner. And that would be in like manner, referring to uh, the three examples he gave. Israel, the angels, Sodom. In like manner, these men, these, these apostates, these heretics are doing... The same thing in your church. Again, this is not like, you know, somewhere in the world somewhere, it's, it's Hollywood or it's, it's this, you know, pagan society. It's like, they're in your church. You're having meals with them. You're letting them teach. Likewise, in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. So those three things we're going to repeat it several times. Defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. And again, that's the English standard. Uh, the first point there, well, I've got it in the, if you want to look at the Greek there, I've got it, the, the, the word dreaming ones in a square, and then the, the, the three, the flesh, the authority, and glorious ones, and then the, uh, the verbs, defile, set aside, and blaspheme. Now, that word dreamers, uh, I've got it written down at one of the last points there, if you want to see if I can find it, wherever it's at. But that, that word dreamers refers to all three. The dreamers are defiling, the dreamers are setting aside, the dreamers are blasphemy. Because of their dreams, they're defiling, setting aside, and blasphemy. Uh, dreamers, point two, uh, of relying on their dreams. You can see the word it means to dream. Uh, the dreamers is, oh, there it is, first point. I said it was the last one. Dreamers is a participle, modifying all three verbs. There it is. Pollute, reject, slander. Uh, again, the dreamers does not mean in the English language, like we talk about, you know, like I could say, one of my sons, is, is a, he's a dreamer. He's got dreams, he's got goals, you know. He, it's kind of fantastic. He's, it's like, 
that's 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 English. That's Western. And when someone's a dreamer, you know, they're a dreamer. They've got high goals. It's almost going to be a positive thing. Maybe they're disconnected with you know reality. You got to get a job someday. You can't just be a musician. You're going to have to have a job. You can't just be a Bible teacher. You got to teach shop too. You know, uh, but you can dream. You can dream. That's pro that's probably not. These are not dreamers. This is the dreamers is going to be. Uh, they're, they're having some, this is probably the basis of this whole understanding is that these dreamers are having, uh, we'll say, visions. They're gaining revelation. And that, that is supported with the fact that Jude is writing this book. You've got to contend for the faith because people are coming in among you with their own visions, their own revelation. They've got their dreams and they're interpreting everything with their dreams. In fact, their dreams are giving them a license to continue in immorality because I had a dream. Or they're explaining the spiritual realm because of some kind of dream. And so I think these are, and again, we'll continue with this list here, but you can see in the Bible that that's an issue. Um, C, uh, it does refer to dreaming while sleeping. D, Jude's point of describing these people as dreaming may include any of these thoughts. Uh, they could be asleep to the fact of God's judgment. The false teachers have mistaken their delusions. For their, for their and their woke ideology for reality, it could refer to something like that. I've got a delusion. I've got my own philosophy. You're a dreamer. That's not going to happen. But most likely, in the context, keep that in mind as we read through the book. Are they talking about they've got the, they've separated from reality and they've embraced a false philosophy? They're they're dreaming. Is that could that be it? Uh, or they're asleep. You're missing. God's going to bring judgment. You're asleep at the wheel. You don't see what's coming. You're dreaming. That could be it. Uh, but I think this is some kind of special insight that they've got that the church is accepting from them. Again, so that's what I'm going with right now, but if those other ones, the one that I think is absolutely no is, oh, they've got great goals, you know, they're, they're dreamers. I think they're having some kind of revelation. Uh, top of page two, the, the false apostles are actually having dreams and visions that they interpret as a revelation from the unseen spiritual dimension. Point one, dreams were interpreted in the Bible. So there are dreams in the Bible from Genesis with Joseph, all the way to Matthew, with Joseph's on into Revelation. False dreamers, we would go through and read examples of Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Jeremiah, of people having dreams and bringing false revelation. So just because you have a dream doesn't mean it's something you should follow. Uh, the Bible has positive dreams that God inspired, and you know examples of people that are making up their own dreams or misinterpreting dreams. Uh, and I have .3, I've already said that. Uh, they, they, they contend for the faith. They're using point A. They're using these dreams to justify their fleshly sins. Now, these are the three sins we're talking about. They're using these dreams to justify their fleshly sins. They're using these dreams to establish their own authority, not the Lord's. And they're using these dreams uh, as a justification for their words, their beliefs, their spiritual manipulation of the spiritual angelic world. That's going to be something we're going to look at. What is he saying in that phrase? It looks like he's talking about angels, and somehow they're, they're blaspheming at angels. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay, uh, point five, the first issue, defile the flesh. These dreamers are doing, with their dream, uh, defile the flesh. And this is, again, pretty basic. I, I, I don't want to make it so basic we miss it, but I don't want to spend so much time that it's like, okay, you've said that five times already, five weeks ago. Um, defile the flesh is a form of my eno, which means to stain, defile, pollute, corrupt. So your different translations will have different things. Defile, uh, pollute, corrupt. Uh, 
the, the flesh. And the flesh would be the body. The body would be the physical world. Uh, something to do with their interaction with the physical world. This is most likely leading to some kind of sexual sin, as, as we will continue with this, and especially look at things uh, in the examples. But uh, the fleshly body world, the natural world, has boundaries or laws, and this is the issue. There's, and I, I did this in a recap, so this is going to sound like we're repeating it, but uh, the law, the boundaries, and these boundaries are going to be, they could be moral, they could be divine, and you can think of examples of moral codes, social standards. And again, some of these moral codes, we can say social over here, are going to vary from time to time period, or from culture to culture. There's certain things that are accepted, and that is a, an acceptable variable. It's like it's not always the same, but we found out as well, family is different from family. I mean, if I told you how we ran our family, you'd be like, oh, that's not possible, that's not right, what kind of man are you? Or you might say, well, why did you let your kids do this? Well, okay, that's, this, that's the, the social, now we go family, we've got certain standards. You don't do that in my family. It's like, is that God said that? No, that's Galen, that's my house. Well, then you can push it out into the Des Moines area. You don't do that in Des Moines. Well, we do that down in Missouri. Well, you're not in Missouri. It's like, it's not, it's not right or wrong. It's just there's social standards, family, social. And then there comes, we get more of a stricter moral code, which should be all cultures. It's just, you know, like you can see, family has to be one of them. Every culture is going to have a family setting somehow. There's going to be a, a mom and a dad. There's going to be the head of the family. There's going to be someone's under the authority of the family. You're going to use that family for support. You're going to use that family for guidance. You're going to use that family to, you know, for your inheritance. You're, you're, there's a variety of things. And so family would be probably one of these. So to violate family, uh, you know, like to break down the barrier, the walls of the boundaries of family would be a, just a, a moral violation. Not necessarily, God didn't say it in the Bible, I think he does, I think he supports that, but you don't need a Bible to know this, and it's more universal. And that's going to get into now some sexual codes. You just can't be like sleeping with other people's wives. It's like, he said, that's going to break down the family. Like First you're going to have the sexual immorality, but there's also the breakdown of the family. It's like, that's, that's morally wrong on several levels, but right here, socially, you don't mess with a family. You protect the family. And so that's a moral law. And then there's going to be divine laws that you're not necessarily going to find uh, in natural revelation, but you're going to see it in the Bible. There's certain things Christians are going to hold to a higher standard. It's going to be aligned with moral standing of the natural world, but it's going to be something a little bit higher. This right here, when it says pollute, defile, corrupt, is right here. The laws and boundaries, if they're divine... They're throwing off the, the Word of God. They're throwing off the guidelines. They're throwing off general moral guidelines. And then they're going to violate, if it be your, your local social standards or your family, they're, they're violating, they're defiling, polluting, corrupting the flesh or their natural existence. They're just trying to break down all the barriers. So they, well, in verse 10, like unreasoning animals. The only way to explain it is they want to live life like an animal. I mean, an animal that doesn't even reason. It's just, just gratification, just self-pleasing. It's like, I want to eat this. I want to go here. And just unreasoning, they just go. That's what these false teachers are teaching. 
And so that is what is being said here, this first one. These dreamers, one, defile the flesh. They're breaking down your social standards. Um, point C, the heretics stand and defile those boundaries or moral codes. Point D, and I'm just giving you some notes. Purity, codes, social standards are established divinely and by society to guide what is fitting, appropriate for individuals, families, groups, cultures, and nations. Uh, these dreamers corrupt these social and divine norms that protect people, that protect society, and protect God's will. So again, it, it's multi-level. It's not just they're not just coming against <laughs> God's law; they're coming against society's law. They're coming against anything. Well, we're going to see anything that doesn't please their unreasoning instincts. I just want to live like an animal. And now I'm in your church teaching. We're going to turn this into. I mean, even a zoo is going to have more organization than what we're going to turn this thing into. And so, these dreamers, number one, defile the flesh and they break down moral codes. Now, number six, or the second thing they do, besides defiling, uh, here they are going to uh, set aside or do away with, annul, uh, an authority. They set aside authority. Now, right here, you could go off on this right here. This just this mere English translates set aside authority. They're going to set aside, you know, the government. They're going to set aside parents. They're going to set aside, you know, all these leaders of the society. That, that most likely is exactly part of their, their strategy. But I think they're starting higher in this. And again, this is, I'm, I'm going to teach this. This is what it says. This is where, if you read the commentators, you know the commentators are going to say, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, and they usually pick one and kind of develop it. As we go through this, we've already seen in the book of Jude, and this is kind of one of the keys, uh, Yeah, they are godless men who change the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into immorality and deny Jesus Christ our, our only sovereign and Lord. They deny... Jesus Christ, our Sovereign and Lord, and those are, again, we saw those two words, Sovereign and Lord, meaning one is kind of like the idea of He's the Creator and He's the Owner. I mean, He, he is the Creator and so rules it all, but He's also the Owner. He, you can't get away from Him. He's your Sovereign Lord. And this authority, we'll look at it, is probably talking about they set aside the Lord. They set aside the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're going to set aside the Lord Jesus Christ, well, then also you're going to set aside... You know, any kind of ecclesiastical, we'll just say church authority. You're going to set aside any government authority. You're going to set aside any, you're just going to keep, you're, you're going to, everything's going to break down. But I think the topic of this is Lord, and we'll, we'll look at that and see if we can justify that. The word for uh, set aside authority, uh, curiotes, means lordship. And again, it can mean any of these lordships. I like to think of myself as a father. I was kind of like the lord of the house, the lordship. I had lordship here. Okay, we'll cut that out of the video. But, uh, you know, obviously the Lord is the top of the lordships. Um, the word athusin is from athetoteo, which means to do away with, to, lay, to be laid down, to set aside, translated as a null or make no effect. They make the lordship of Jesus Christ, they zero it out. They make it a zero. The lordship, whatever this authority is, and again, authority is a good translation, but it's really lordship. They zero out the lordship. They, they annul it. Uh, 
And again, point D is something the same thing he said in verse 4, where they've already said it. Uh, the heretics are doing two things. They're violating the established norms and revolting against the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, by revolting, by revolting against the Lord Jesus Christ, that would be an example where he's given us the apostles, he's given us the word, and now they're coming in with their dreamers, they're coming in with their own lordship, their own standard, uh, and again, they're in effect all of these. All, all the things that are established, they're coming against them. So, their, their dreams, their visions, their insight is to pollute the flesh, and now the lordship of Jesus Christ is set aside, and point seven on page two, the third of them is they blaspheme, blaspheme glorious ones. Again, that, that can be difficult. What are the glorious ones? Uh, do I have a list here? Uh, I want to come back to that second. Yeah, point B on page three. The glorious ones is the word doxas, D-O-X-A-X, means glory. Uh, but here is glorious ones. Like talk about the, the doxology. You know, that's where you sing the glory to, of God. It's, it's, it's a Greek word meaning the glory. And so these are the glorious ones. Now again, the glorious ones could be, it's plural, uh, it could be uh, government officials, it could be church leaders, uh, but that should be probably singular, you know, the, 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 some kind of a, a recognition. But glorious ones is plural. It probably is referring, and I'm going to prove to you, this is definitely talking about angels, but don't just accept that. Let, let yourself be convinced of or argue with it. The glorious ones, they could be angelic beings. Uh, go down to uh, point B2. They could be dignitaries, such as civic authorities. Uh, the blasphemy could not be giving them honor for the positions they hold in government. It could be church leadership. So they, uh, they blaspheme the church leadership, that could be. They blaspheme the governmental leaders that are holding your society together, that could be. But I think in the context, especially when you go to verse 9, like I said at the beginning, go to verse 9, we're talking about a, an example of someone not doing this. And it's Michael not saying something against Satan. So it's like, well, there it is. I mean, it's, it's one angel talking to another. Even, even Michael doesn't do this. So I think we're very sad, and if you go to Second Peter, it's, it's a slam dunk. Okay, and of course we will. So we'll go back to the top of, uh, well, let's go back to, uh, let's go to point, page 2.7. Um, and in Second Peter, I'm going to flip to Second Peter. You can go there too if you want. I know we read through the entire chapter last week, Second Peter chapter 2. But this is kind of just the, the, the fastest way of getting a correct biblical interpretation you just go to 2 Peter chapter 2, and again, either Jude was written first and 2 Peter came second, uh, using that kind of as a, as a reference, or Peter wrote it and Jude refers to it, or they're both writing the same thing, looking at the same situation. Logically, I think Jude is writing first, around 55 AD, and, and addressing it to the churches, and, and Peter picks up on it and addresses it with some of the same language. And you can hear it, you can hear it right here. Uh, chapter 2 of 2 Peter, we won't read as much as we did last week. Chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell and put them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, that's number one. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but pr protected Noah, preacher of righteousness, and seven others, that's two. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Notice, 
there's three there. there they, he switched out the flood for, with it for Israel. But of the other two are the same. And he uses Sodom and Gomorrah also as an example for everyone to see. Just, I mean, just like Jude. Um, yeah, right, okay. Okay, right, man. I'm looking here. If this is so, I'm in verse 9. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. Now, this is a good verse for the people of Jude, meaning God is, God is with you. You just keep walking in truth. And it's true for us because we see things like this happening in our, our society. It's like God knows this is happening. I mean, this was, this was the first century. And they're having references from the beginning of time all the way through Israel's history. And they use an example of, in 55 A.D., Peter's writing, say, 64 A.D. So, oh, those have, it's never been like this anywhere in like our culture. It's like, no, it's been like this in the ancient world. It was like this after the flood. It was like this during Israel's exodus from Egypt. It was like this during the days of David. It was like this during the days of Jude. It was like this during when, 10 years later when Peter wrote. And it's just, so the point, okay, and the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. Okay, you're going to be okay. You're going to, what are we going to do? We're all going to die. Okay, yeah, you may die, right. But you're going to be okay. It's like this, your culture, where your culture is headed is, is, is scary. But it's nothing the world hasn't seen before. Now again, there's going to come a day where you can't say it because you're going to see some things that's never been seen on the earth before. And if we're at that point, we're going to see those things that have never been seen before. But most likely, we're going to go through a lot of stuff that's it's already been seen. It's already been tried. Uh, but God knows how to rescue. Just say, and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire. Here it is. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature. That's the first thing Jude said. And despise authority. That's exactly what Peter said. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. So if we have those are the three we're talking about. That's verse verse eight of Jude is the corrupt flesh, uh, the despised authority, and again we're saying that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, that could be general, but definitely bold and arrogant. These men are not afraid to slander celestial beings, yet even angels. Although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Jude is going to give us the story. Uh, it was Satan and Michael that this happened to. Peter's going to avoid the names and just say angels when they're debating and doing battle with each other. And we got examples of Daniel, including Michael and Gabriel in the book of Daniel, of angels interacting with other spiritual beings. And there are rules of engagement that they've got to follow. And so angels are following these rules. Uh, do not bring such accusations in the presence of the Lord. But these men that Peter's talking about, which appear to be the same men that Jude's talking about, these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand, which is verse 10. They are like brute beasts, which is also in verse 10. In matters they do not understand, they blaspheme. In things they do understand, they throw off the laws and go about it like an animal. And like brute beasts, they too will perish. Or they're like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. Like beasts, they too will perish. They'll be paid back with harm for harm. And goes on and talks about it. Oh, wait, and look at verse 14. Uh, their blots and blemishes reveling in your their pleasures while they are feasting with you. So they're, they're participating in, in church meals. 
the eyes, with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning, they seduce the unstable, they are experts in greed and a cursed brood, they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam. And now I'll give examples, same examples Jude is going to give. So, right there, I think, I'm looking, pointing out there for that verse, what number was it, can't see it, verse, is it verse 11, verse 10 and 11, that these, these glories... I mean, you've really got to take it serious that these glories are angels. And again, you could say they refer to, you know, dignitaries in the church, dignitaries in government. That's that's possible the word, but the context is screaming angels, especially verse nine in Jude. So now I get confused here. If this is where you want to be like, whoa, 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 I've got an idea. They're blaspheming glorious ones. So if this is angels, and I think it absolutely is angels. But these men are blaspheming, yeah, blaspheming angels. They're, they're saying harsh things towards angels. I mean, now, we can, if you remember the first defiling the flesh, you can in your own mind say, ah, I see that today. I can, ah, I've got some examples in my world. The second one, denying the lordship of Jesus Christ or denying the, the leadership of government or church. Ah, I've got some examples. But right here, blasphemy, it's like, logically, this is going on today in our midst. This is happening, because the other ones are, everything else we go, ah, uh uh-huh, I've seen that, I know that, I've seen that. Uh, This right here, it's like, what? Oh, well, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, that was a unique situation. How is this happening in our world today? I mean, when's the last time you heard... Somebody on the radio railing against blasphemy against the angels. It's like you know, the other side. It's all over the talk shows and radios on one side or the other. But I guarantee you, this is happening. So see, as we go through this, see if we can figure out where this is happening today. Um, blasphemy, glorious ones. Uh, it's uh, what we've got right here. Lord, how punish despises the wicked. That's all. For, okay, back to page three. Okay, point B. Here we go. The glorious ones. D-O-X-A-X. Doxus means glory. But here it is, glorious ones. They could be angelic beings. Blaspheming means to revile or to defame. The apostates could be giving the angelic beings credit for creation other and other things that only God can do. I mean, you think of blasphemy, they're saying something derogatory. We could assume or let this word mean... They're speaking wrong, or inaccurate, inaccurate, another word, okay, you can't spell. They're speaking inaccurate things about angels, giving them too much credit, meaning, you know, in Colossians, they're worshiping angels, and so that would be in a sense, not really, really, if you're worshiping someone, you're not blaspheming them, but you're definitely speaking inaccurately about them. And again, so that word blasphemy means to revile, defame, again, I'm not saying, I'm not going with that, I'm just saying... If, if we let the word spread out a little bit. So I, I, that's, not my, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just got to put it on the board. More likely the apostates, point B, recognize angels for things other than what God created and intended them for. Angels were the keepers of God's divine order. Now this is where we maybe switch. In our Western culture, to, to have us address a situation and involve God, the concept of God in the conversation is like, a stretch. You really don't want to do that in the public arena. You talk about it in a natural setting, you know. You never want to go and say, well, God, otherwise you just discredit yourself. 
Well, in this world, they talk about God in all the cultures, but also it was clear, and if you allow yourself, you see this, not only is there God, uh, there's, there's God, but God, from the throne, is not, think about all the things that he takes credit for doing, that when you get into the details, he didn't do it. God did this. Uh, he killed the firstborn of Egypt. No, he sent the death angel. So the death angel did that. Uh, he parted the Red Sea. Uh, the east wind, the, he makes his angels winds, makes them fire. Uh, that was probably it. He's going to, and all of these things that God is doing, and it, he's sending his, his angels were created to serve him. Now this is not, it's like, what? God didn't part the Red Sea? Okay, right. He's, these angels are beings, and in the ancient world, in Jewish, and understanding Jude's world, the angels were, that was important that I wrote angel five times. Did you get this right here? The angel wrote five times. But the angels were the key. When God says this is the law, this is the rule, this is the boundary, uh, well, like the, the angel bound uh, at the river Euphrates, waiting for the very day and hour for the Euphrates to go dry. He's, he's there. Wait, what's he doing? I'm waiting. Someday I'm going to dry this up. What are you doing until then? I was created to do this. And just, that's what he's doing. So angels are stationed throughout history, throughout time, throughout location, geography, holding the boundaries, the laws of God. And so to blaspheme the angels is again to blaspheme the laws that God established that the angels are bound. The angels, oh, there's that verse in, is it 2 Peter? It says, uh, because of the angels, a woman should cover her head or something. Because of the angels, it's like, what? The angels are what? It's like, or even the, uh, in, in Colossians or Ephesians, Colossians, uh, uh, the angels are, for the manifold wisdom of God is being displayed through the, the rulers and authorities through the church. So there's rulers and authorities in heavenly places watching the church function throughout history or function in the spiritual realm because they're lost men made out of dirt now redeemed by Jesus Christ set in the, at the right or set with Christ on the throne. It's like they're, they're in Christ. It's like, whoa, the manifold wisdom of God. How did he do that? It's like a, a magic trick. It's like amazing. The angels are watching these things take place. So... The angels are observing humanity, but they're also the keepers of the law. These men are blaspheming angels, and the, their very acts that they're doing, they're, they're, they're bringing accusations against the glories by trampling on, again, divine law. Again, there's that part. That's not, okay, that's the, because this all has to fit. When we go to the next verse, everything we've said has to, like, just slide right in. It'd be like, uh, you know, you ever try to put up hitch a trailer up with a, a, a that doesn't fit. It's like, it doesn't work. That, this, all, this should just slide right in. Okay, here we go. And, I, I'm, try, and I'm not saying I got it. I, I'm hoping I get there before I get to the talking part. Uh, point C, angels were keepers of God's divine order, but the false teachers were reassigning these responsibilities and disregarding the divine orders. The false teachers exalt themselves, and this is again true, over the glorious ones and the order God has set in place by promoting their own ideas. If they're having their own dreams, it's not from God. Their dreams, their ideas are false. And they're defying the flesh. They're setting aside the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And now it's always coming down to the, the law of God that he put in place is being replaced with their dreams. 
their own visions, their own understanding of what reality is. This is the way it is. And like angels who are trying to hold God's creation together, it's like, nope, 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 nope. Now, we've got two groups. We've got the bad angels and the good angels. You've got those that have fallen, those that are that have stayed with the Lord. And this is going to become, it's a moving target, which one are we talking about here? Because why do we think, well, the, the false angels would be siding with these, uh, the dreamers, trying to help them deconstruct things. Again, I'm going to have to point this out before this. Because the comment, and again, I may be wrong on this. Uh, but because the comments, a lot of commentators, they, just, they, they use these as synonyms. Demons and fallen angels are like, they're, what do you want to call them? And, and go ahead, think that way. But I think these are two different things. I think angels are the creatures that, that God created to serve Him. And they had rulers and authorities in other places. They had rank and authority. There's a hierarchy. There's Satan, who's one of the archangels, apparently. And there's Michael. Right now, Michael's the number one angel. It was Lucifer the number one before he left? Uh, do they still maintain their hierarchy? But these are angels. Gabriel is definitely not a warrior angel because he needed help from Michael. Michael had to come help him. Michael, you don't see Michael doing a lot of speaking engagements. But you have a lot of times where Gabriel's giving him announcements, pronouncements. Uh, you know, Gabriel's like, you know, scribe angel. So there's different places for these angels, which makes sense. There's one angel, like we said, bound at the river Euphrates. It's like, what are you doing? I, I mean, he's just, you know, I can't even talk. I mean, what's he? I'm just here guarding. And all this history's going on around. It's like, well, I mean, I, I mean, I speak of things I do not understand because we, we got just pieces of this. But these are angels, demons, and you never see Jesus casting out a fallen angel. Ah, a fallen angel had taken possession of a young boy, and Jesus casts the fallen angel out. I mean, they're already assigned. They've got. They've already got assignments. They're just in rebellion. Demons are always looking for a body. Demons are always trying to influence. You got doctrines of false angels, and you got doctrines of demons. Again, you know, Satan, of course, is an angel, and he's got some false doctrines. He's got angels of of light appearing and doing, you know, his own work. But again, my point here is demons, I think, are some kind of disembodied spirits possibly coming from before the flood, the Nephilim that were destroyed, that were part angel, part human. They weren't either one. They were a creation of the angels who rebelled, and these would be disembodied spirits. They're looking to possess a body. So, just keep that in mind as we go through this. That's, that, well, that's a group right there, and these are talking about uh, blaspheming angels. Not blaspheming demons. Again, it may, it may be a synonym, or it may be going two different directions. So don't, don't let the concept of demons misdirect you on this. But at the same time, don't accept exactly what I said, because uh, I don't want to be one of those dreamers and false teachers. And you start talking about stuff like this, you can very quickly become, you know, take your speculation and start you know, making you know, doctrines with it. Nonetheless, point D, the false teachers exalt themselves over the glorious ones, the angels, and the order that God has set in place by promoting their own ideas in place of the truth. Thus the verse that follows, verse 10, these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And verse 16, they are loudmouth boasters. It's like you're talking about things you don't understand. You're boasting about things that you can't boast about, yet you think you're doing all this but you're speaking against 
these glorious ones that are already on assignment and you're not you have zero impact on the angelic world in this case uh according to the apostates this is point e the apostates view the final opinion rests with their thoughts and allows no opinion no voice no authority other than their own so just like they've uh, set aside or annulled the lordship of either the government or the church or probably jesus christ they then move into the angels he's put in place and in 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 jude's mind the angels are we'll say the keepers uh even in the book of uh, uh enoch they're the watchers they're there not just watching observing but they're the ones they're on assignment and these 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 glorious ones, the angels they're being blasphemed because ah we're going to override this system I mean, in, in a natural example, it'd be like you're going to override the process of gravity by trying to fly as a human. Of course, you can fly in a plane. But it's like you can't override. Gravity is there. You can't override these angels. And they're blaspheming in things they do not understand. Now, with that, which I, 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 did, not, I did not do that justice like I want to because this is not going to slide as easily as I want it to uh, into the next verse. I'm going to read this verse on page 1. Yet in, a, in like manner, just like Sodom and the fallen angels that rebelled and, and, uh, and the Israel the generation, the Exodus generation, in like manner, these people, these apostates, these heretics, also relying on their dreams, their own personal visions, their own personal revelation, not your Bibles, not the apostles, no, my own understanding. That I, I'm coming with my own gospel. With their own dreams, they defile the flesh, Meaning they, they, they do whatever they want to in their bodies because my doctrine says it's not a sin. Uh, they reject authority, which they got to reject the lordship of Jesus Christ because he established some pretty se- severe guidelines, reject that authority, and they blaspheme the angels. They, 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 they come against and say harsh things against the angelic rulers. Later he's going to say they boast themselves. With that being said, remember, blaspheme the glorious ones now we turn to bottom of page three and the example that explains that in verse nine explains the end of verse eight policy all of verse eight but when the archangel michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of moses he did not presume to renounce a blasphemous judgment but says the lord rebuke you Okay, if we're struggling right there, also now you got the body of Moses and Satan arguing for the body of a corpse and Michael's fighting it. I thought he was fighting for control of nations. That's like, okay, where's that in the Bible? Well, yeah, it's not. And uh, what we do have at the end of Deuteronomy, you do have Moses dying. And once again, who buries him in the book of Deuteronomy? The Lord. But again, not to be blasphemous, but when the Lord buries Moses... Is he out there, is he going to go dig a hole or build a tomb? Or is he going to be like, and an angel does it. So, and the Lord gets the credit. Um, you know, like Trump, Trump built Trump Tower. I don't, think he, I don't think he built Trump Tower. It's like, I think he financed Trump Tower. And when the Lord buried Moses, uh, the Lord's not burying Moses. Uh, again, uh, and Michael was there apparently, or some angel. And the story goes like this, uh, and I think at the bottom of page, you can see some notes right there. Um, how do I tell the story without, I, I got all the notes here, I'll just tell you the story. 
uh, th- this is, there's, a, there's two books, point 10, there's two books that we don't have. We don't have them. And they're not biblical, they're not scriptural, they're apocryphal, but they're still Jewish history. They filled in some gaps. One is the Assumption of Moses, and the other is the Testament of Moses. Um, we have Origen, who lived between 185 and 250, say around 200 A.D., and also Clement and another guy named Didymus, who refer to, when they're doing their commentary on Jude, they refer to the writings called the Assumption of Moses, and there's a story in there about this event. Now, we do not have either of these books. We just got people talking that these books existed and the story was in the book. We're not even clear what the story is. But the story, well, let's do this. Let's do this. If you look at the bottom of page 4.12, you've got Satan, and we've got a couple examples of Satan uh, in, in the Bible. Uh, we even Jude, I don't have Job. I don't have that written down. But it says, all the angels appeared before the Lord, Yahweh, and also Satan came along. And God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Ah, and then he began accusing Job. It's like, uh, the only reason he defies you is you give him good things. If you took away all of his stuff, he'd curse you. And God says, okay, game on. Let's take away his stuff. And so Satan takes away Job's stuff to try to prove the point that once all of his stuff is gone, he'll curse God. And then he comes back later, like they have monthly meetings, apparently. And later on, he comes back up. He says, hey, hey, did you check out Job? He hasn't cursed me yet. He lost everything, and he hasn't cursed me. Satan says, not impressed. He says, flesh for flesh. A man will give up everything if he just has his health. Yeah, he says, you strike his his body, and uh, he'll curse you to your face. God says, okay, why don't you do that, but you can't kill him? which Job wishes he would have gotten killed. But so now he's in total pain. And he's totally, Job is totally, like, say, Job had a, such a bad attitude. Well, try that. You're completely obeying God. Finally, God, all of a sudden, you just lose everything, and then your health is like, what is going on? And in the, 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 again, without teaching the book of Job, the, the crazy part about it is at the end of the book, God doesn't say, Job, come here. I just want to let you know what was going on. It was like, God, God holds Job accountable the whole time. It's like, You've said some things that are harsh. He says, you don't even know what I'm doing at the end of the book. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning star sang, the angels were singing. That means the angels were there when God laid the foundation of the earth already. He says, where were you? And, and he goes through just this list of unanswerable questions. And Job says, I have no answer. He says, well, then, eventually, Job, Job says, he says, I, I cover my mouth. I, I'm ashamed. I, I have no idea how glorious you are. You're way out of my league, so I'll just accept my lot. God says, good. Now, the friends that were giving all this religious advice, he says, you need to pray for these guys because I'm about to strike these guys because of their mouth. He never got mad at Job for his mouth uh, because Job was always, in a sense, in a state of prayer because it's like he, he didn't go over here and talk bad about God like to his wife. He went to God and was like shaking his fists at God, which is... A type of prayer, if you say. I mean, you're going to the source. What is going on? And God eventually answers him. So God wasn't offended. God eventually answers Job. And he tells him, tell, he said, tells Job's friends, you are not as righteous as Job. Job eventually just accepted the situation. The friends had a sacrifice offered for him because of all their bad theology. And then God then blesses Job on the rest of his life. But the thing is, he's never told why all this happened. But the point there was, 
Satan was in that whole thing trying to accuse and prove Job wasn't worthy. Two examples, Revelation 12, 10, I'll just read the verse. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And that is Satan. There's a time in the future where Satan's going to be thrown down, and he's, a, he's, he's, he's called the accuser. Accuser of, is that spelled right? The accuser of our brothers. In other words, one of his jobs, if you want to play the sin game, one of the jobs is Satan is trying to prove you're unworthy. It's, it's ah, ah, got one. And he's trying to prove that you're unworthy for God. And God's now wanting to do his, build his kingdom through you. And saying, oh, you can't use this one. Ha <laughs> ha, you can't. Well, is that true? What happened? Jesus went out in the wilderness for 40 days. And what saint show up? Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, turn this stone into bread. It's not a big deal. Just go ahead and serve yourself. It's like, all, I just, then he goes, ha ha, you did. Ah, this one's discredited. He's trying to discredit what God is going to use. Now, of course, Jesus was never discredited, never sinned. But, well, Moses, and again, an example, I'd love to go through it, and we have before in Zechariah chapter 3, uh, verse 1 and 2. Uh, this is Joshua the high priest. The priesthood had been rejected by God in 586 B.C., the Babylonian destruction. They'd gone into captivity. Now, after the 70 years of dispersion, they're being brought back. And Joshua's brought back, and God is going to install him as the high priest and rebuild the temple and get this thing going again. But someone is in heaven saying, whoa, 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 I don't think so. I believe you've pronounced judgment on the priesthood. Mm, this guy's a priest. So then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. That would be standing before what we'd say Jesus Christ. And Satan, or the accuser, standing at his right hand to accuse him. So in the, in the throne room of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ apparently has brought Joshua back from captivity. We're going to reinstall the Jewish priesthood. And saying, wait, 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 wait. I've got a problem with that. I'd like to have a court date. And having this court date, I'd like to accuse this guy. And you cannot reestablish the Jewish priesthood because of this. And so he's accusing him at his right side. And the Lord said to Satan, according to Satan had accused him, he's unworthy. The Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. He says, you're rebuked based on I'm the Lord. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Yes, I sent them into captivity, but I've taken this one out of the fire and set him in place. I have chosen Jerusalem. The Lord rebuke you based on his authority, based on his plan. I said I was going to do this. And then he, the Lord calls for a new set of clothes. He goes, jo Joshua's garments were covered with filth. The word for filth is like, like human waste. It's totally just like a porta potty been tipped upside down on him. He's standing there. It's like, oh, you're guilty. Oh, look what happened to me. It's like, I think I'd be all right. I can clean this off a little bit. It's like there was nothing he could do. He says, bring a new set of clothes. You're my priest. Go back. And it was the Lord rebuke him. Now the story about Moses. It appears that the story about Moses was this. Moses had died, and God was going to give him an honorable barrier, in a sense, an honorable burial, I don't know, welcome him to the kingdom, take him to paradise, I'm not sure. But Satan wanted this body. Now, I don't think we're, we're worried about the soul of Moses, uh, but this is all about the body. 
I, I possibly Satan wanted to turn it into a shrine, you know, like a little Mecca. Everybody, all the Jews go out there and worship in the wilderness at this. Like eventually they had a break. Hezekiah, I think it was, broke the, uh, the, the snake that, that Moses built the, the, on the pole. Eventually they, they, they ended up worshiping it. It was in the temple and they began to worship it. It's like, crush that thing. Get, it's like, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Jones. It's like, don't, don't, don't crush the snake. That's a valuable item. I'd like to have kept that but uh but they crushed it and the same thing moses body could have become some kind of a shrine satan want wanted this body but michael the archangel was there now why would satan have a claim for the body the speculation is two things one he murdered an egyptian remember the egyptian slave master and he was now guilty according to the law and then at meribah when god says speak to the rock he struck the rock it even even upset god said, okay you're not going to the promised land so Moses, God was upset that he didn't speak, but hit the rock with a staff. So these are two sins, it's speculated, that disqualified Moses from having this honorable burial, or, or going and being buried by God through Michael. And Saint says, I want to claim that. And Michael, instead of saying, you loser, uh, you have no place or whatever, he, and he, he, he said, here's the point, and I, I got to quit, obviously. Michael did not say anything personal he didn't say i think i've got this god told me he simply says the lord rebuke you meaning i'm just here on assignment i'm supposed to get the body and satan's like i'm gonna just like hey the lord spoke the lord rebuke you i'm doing this right here and he did not even tell satan you loser you left the group uh or I think this, he didn't bring his own opinion. There's a variety of things you can look at. He didn't slander Satan, you snake. He didn't say his own opinion, here's what I think. He just says, uh, the Lord has rebuked you, and I'm here to get this. In other words, why, and I, I'll quit this. <laughs> I said that already, didn't I? Law. It was, it was not his personal feelings. It was not his personal position. It wasn't his personal attitude. It wasn't Satan's, he was a, a, a snake. He's unworthy. You're a, a deceiver. You're a liar. None of those accusations. It was simply, the law says, this is what we're going to do. And that, that, is, that is what, in a sense, is, is keeping the, 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 the world, society, the church, Jude's, group contend for the faith contend for law not in a legalistic law but contend for the truth this is it but when you have people coming in with a dream this is what i think and they're gonna start just it's like all of a sudden now they're saying stuff back and forth here's my opinion well here's my opinion here's what i think well you're dirty it's like you've lost total control it's like there's not we don't we don't know what's going to happen next the universe has just gone into chaos michael says uh, no, listen, we, we follow a system. God has spoken, that's what we do, that's what's going to happen. I'm sorry, Satan, you don't get chaos this time. And I think that is, that is what is taking place, because you go through all those things, every one of those things, the, the, if it was the fallen angels, if it was Sodom, if it was Israel, if it was the three things, defiling the flesh, uh, the, the rejecting authority, or here, slandering the angels, all of that is just, just tearing down boundaries and causing chaos. And the issue right now, I end with today, I already said that three times now, is Judah saying, do not let these people bring chaos into your church. Stay with what was given to you, study it, teach it, grow in it, and stay right there. This other stuff, it's going to give you chaos, and you're going to end up losing 
the faith that you've got. I'll pray, and we are done. Father, we thank you for the chance to look in these things. We thank you for your word. We ask that we, again, would handle it diligently, and that your spirit would bring it alive in our hearts, that we would understand it, but also be able to apply it and live it in a way that is pleasing to you. We do thank you for being saved and being in Christ at this time in history, and do know that you'll protect us and lead us and guide us, and we ask that we may have a voice of, of truth at this time in history. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for your time.